0: Welcome to Law Technology Now, with host Monica Bay, editor-in-chief of ALM's award-winning magazine, Law Technology News. Hear the latest about technology for the legal community. If it's tech, it's a topic right here.
1: Hi, I'm Monica Bay, Editor-in-Chief of Law Technology News, and welcome to our May edition of Law Technology Now. We have a terrific guest today, Steve Levy. And Steve, tell our audience a little bit about your very extensive background in our legal technology community.
2: All right. Well, first of all, I am the former Senior Director of uh, uh, Operations Technology for Microsoft's Legal and Corporate Affairs Department. Uh, where I uh, helped implement uh, their largest uh, electronic systems and also worked on projects there. was at Microsoft for many years. Now I am out on my own. I am consulting to law firms and law departments about projects and management.
1: And the name of your consultancy is?
2: Is Lexician, rhymes with magician.
1: Very good. Uh, We're talking today about your article in our most recent issue of Law Technology News, and we called it, Showing Up, Reasonably Priced Video Conferencing Options for Legal Professionals. And with the advent—this um, is probably yet another thing we can blame on uh, Apple—with uh, the with the uh, advent of very easy-to-use video conferencing tools um, and increasing sophistication on the part of both Apple and Microsoft, um, there seem to be a lot more options that are out there so that— uh, Lawyers or other professionals can easily make and conduct video conferencing. Um, before we look at the less economic ones, tell our audience, if you would, Steve, about what um, what high end systems are. I, I, I know I've personally experienced Cisco's Telepresence, which makes you feel like you're on a rocket ship.
2: Right. Just that, that's it, it's good to start with a high end because it gives you some idea of uh, what can be accomplished, and then we start looking at some of the 80-20 versions, uh, you know, where you get 80% of the value for 20% or even uh, much less of the spend. So a Cisco telepresence room, and you need two identical rooms, all of the Cisco rooms are identical, you go into what looks like half of the conference room, and on the far wall, you see the other half of the conference room. The only oddity is that that other half of the conference room is across town, or across the country, or across the world. But it is a wall of video screens. It looks perfect. I mean, you really get the feeling that you want to. Somebody sneezes in the other in the other conference room. You want to reach across and hand them a hanky. <laughs> uh, it, it is that effective an illusion, the willing suspension of disbelief, and it really. I mean, it just is terrific for conducting the kind of bet the company high end meeting where you just can't be there in person, where you simply cannot take two or three days out of your schedule to go cross-country or across the world. Uh, that said, these systems run about uh, two hundred fifty to $350,000 per room, so it's not necessarily something the average law firm is going to put in place for everyday needs. Do you
1: think there's any particular practice group or type of practice where this level of sophistication is the most advantageous, Stephen?
2: I think there are probably a couple, one is in conducting a very major negotiation, perhaps uh, you, know, you know, Facebook acquires Instagram type of M and A. Uh, although I guess I understand Mark Zuckerberg did that out of his living room, but <laughs> that kind of uh, negotiation, where part of the deal is uh, is that sense of this is big time, where you're you're spending money on on, on a bit of show, a bit of ritual to make everybody understand what is at stake. Uh, the other is that for, uh, we you know, some, sometimes a, a very, very high-end deposition, perhaps, where you could not be there in person, where you really have to capture... Every nuance, uh, David is deposing Bill Gates, for example, in the Microsoft DOJ trial. Now, he did that in person, uh, but I could conceive of situations where it might not always be possible and you want, it, it's worth spending the, the hourly rates to capture that kind of absolute fidelity. Uh, that said, there are a number of systems that start at a tenth the price or even less where you can get an awful lot of the value.
1: And I assume that for the high-end ones, you're looking at situations where body language is really crucial and, and affect and tone. Before we go to the... Yeah, and the, especially,
2: Monica, especially full body language, because you really are seeing not just most of the systems that we're going to talk about, you're going to see head and shoulder shots. Uh, this is one where if they're squirming under the table, you can see that too. Um,
1: really? Because one of the ones I've seen, there's a table in front of them.
2: Well, but I is. get but, I mean, your you drift. Can see, you I get your drift. Body. I get your drift. You <laughs> can't necessarily fuse You can see their body language. You can see their chair.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, that's. Does Cisco have any, any serious competitors on this, or is this pretty much. Um, do they pretty much own this market?
2: There are, uh, Polycom's trying to do something along those lines. There are a couple of others out there, but uh, right now, Cisco largely owns the market, I think. Uh, that's what I, I thought, mean, too. Yeah. It, it, that, that said, it, it's. I don't know how big a market that is. I suspect there is a much larger market in the $100,000 arena, and that's where Polycom and Cisco, too, at their lower end systems is beginning to play.
1: That makes sense. So, when you don't need that kind of firepower, but you do need in your firm a way to do effective, perhaps more routine uh, conferences, but you do want to see the body language. It might be something that's relatively sensitive, and you know if they're if they're scouring, it's going to be important to know. Um, what approaches are there that the firms and law departments can take for that?
2: There are a number of approaches, ranging from uh, purpose built systems in conference rooms such as uh, you know such as the the, the uh, polycon style systems that we've we 've all seen in, in corporate and law firm conference rooms uh which are they're they're really they don 't give the, they don't give the illusion of being there but they do give you a look into the other room to the desktop style systems which i think are becoming not just more powerful but becoming more effective because when you are video conferencing in a room with a a quote, small screen, which might be a 50-inch monitor, but that's not like the three or 400 inches that you're seeing with a with a high-end system. Uh, so when you're doing that, you really know that you're looking at a monitor. You know you're looking into a window, uh, even if it's uh, a projector on a wall rather than uh, you know, a literal uh, CRT or LCD monitor. You know that you're looking through a, through a peephole. And so there is really this sense of us and them, and a small window between, uh, between the two of you. With a good desktop system, now obviously, one of, just, just to get back to that, one of the advantages there is you have six people or eight people around the conference table, that's that's great. Uh, when you're talking about a one-on-one or a one-on-two conversation, sometimes doing this in a small office where you can achieve a sense of intimacy, we really can, can uh, suspend disbelief and after a time, Work in the mode that this person you are talking to is really in the chair across the office from you, rather than in another office uh, hundreds of miles away. That can be a very powerful, powerful tool, and it's not just body language, but we communicate so much through, through the eyes. I mean, not literally; it's 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 the muscles around the eyes and so on. But be able to be able to to see somebody's face uh, close up to see them, what does it affect life size? In fact, there is a company that we'll talk about in a little bit called Life Size. But if you see somebody else's head, and it appears to be life size, to technically to subtend the visual angle uh, that a head would be in the room across from you, uh, that is a very, very powerful cue. We are evolutionarily built to look at those kind of cues, to see those cues, to react to those cues. We have a natural distance, You know, just as... In America, if you get within about uh, 18 to 24 inches of somebody, you're, you're, you're too close for a casual conversation. If you get more than about five to six feet away, you're too far for a casual conversation. It feels very stilted. With this kind of a desktop system, you can get the feeling you are now at true conversational four to five foot distance. You are seeing them. You are seeing their movements. You're seeing their eyes. You're seeing their mouth. It really, you, you lose yourself in the conversation if the quality is good enough. And I think that's a very, very powerful tool that we are not yet taking advantage of enough,
1: and I think you just said the magic words: if if the the the, the products are good enough, which brings us to cameras. Um, before we get there, I have just a personal experience. I wanted to see if this is a common deal. When I'm in a in a uh, uh, video conferencing situation, I'm sometimes very self conscious. How do people get over? That concept of oh my god, um, especially if I can see my own image, it it often is intimidating uh, to me. Is that a common phenomenon? And how to how do you overcome that?
2: Yes, it's a common phenomenon. Uh, I think one of the ways to overcome that is after you've got the sense of where the camera is, so you're you're looking at it. Turn off your own image. Don't be looking at your own image. Get rid of the idea that this is a show.
1: Oh, that's I mean, a great idea. I do idea. a lot of
2: classes. Uh, by video conference, and I, I learned, and I've got a background in in, in broadcasting uh, from going way, way back. Old, you know, we're older than we want to remember. But you know, so, so in some ways, I'm more comfortable with that. And yet, even I said after a couple of these, I've got to turn off this camera because I am I don't want to be playing to the camera. I want to be having a conversation.
1: I think a lot of people share that. Well, that. Thank you for letting me interrupt our flow with that cameras why are they so crucial and what advice can you give our folks about how to pick the best ones
2: they're crucial because the resolution the number of uh, the number of pixels that you're transmitting is very you know very significant to that suspension of disbelief to having you know transforming a video conference into a conversation if you're not delivering sufficient resolution or sufficient frame rates, and I'll define those in a minute, Um, the image on the other side, the image that the other person sees, will be cheap, blocky, distorted. So you've got two factors. One is the resolution, which is the number of pixels. I mean, people are getting pretty used to that now because the, uh, the cameras on our tiny little phones are getting better and better. We now hear six megapixel, eight megapixel cameras. What that is simply the amount of detail that you get in a given picture. And most of the cruddy little cameras that come in the little, that little thing that's at the top of your laptop screen, most of those <laughs> are very low resolution. They don't transmit a very good picture. I mean, and again, when we we're talking nothing, cameras
1: here, we're talking webcams, as they're also right. known. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah,
2: same thing with the little, the little cheapo webcams. You go out and buy a $30 webcam, it's generally, you know, unless you get the $100 webcam on sale, it's, it's not going to be a very good picture. Uh, both in terms of the the resolution, the quality of the image, and the frame rate, which is the number of images it transmits per second, just as a movie is not really a continuous stream, but uh, you know 24 frames every second, and so the, the, that's faster than our human flicker rate, and so we we see it as continuous motion. Uh, you need a webcam, a, 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 a video camera, which will transmit at least that 24 frames per second, and most of them actually will uh, will transmit 30 frames per second, which is the normal uh, refresh rate for American televisions and uh, the old CRT monitors on which all of this is based. So you get, otherwise you get very disconnected, discontinuous motion. So you look for those two things, a resolution of over a megapixel, over two megapixels, I would say at this point, uh, in terms of what's what's available at a reasonable price, that can deliver a frame rate of 30 frames per second.
1: Terrific. And we're going to take a quick break before we come back and talk about about video conferencing in courtrooms and what software and security issues you need to be aware of. And we're going to hear a word from our sponsors, PC Law from LexisNexis and Harvest.
0: Tired of all the headaches of running your law firm? Want to spend your time doing what really matters? Then you need PC Law. PC Law from LexisNexis is the legal industry's best-selling matter, billing, and accounting software. It has never been easier to manage your law firm and serve your clients. Get back to doing what matters to you. For a free trial, go to PCLaw.com slash radio. That's PCLaw.com slash radio. Or call us at 800-685-2161 today.
1: Reap the rewards of your billable time. Harvest is a user-friendly, time-capture solution used by law firms and organizations like the Bar Association and LexisNexis. Capture your billable time from anywhere. Surprise client call? Get it on record by starting a timer on your computer. Working off-site? Track billable hours from your mobile device. No sticky notes, no hassles. Visit GetHarvest.com for a free 30-day trial now. That's GetHarvest.com. After your 30-day trial period, use code LTN at checkout to save 50% off your first month.
0: We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too. You can advertise with us at Legal Talk Network and have your own commercial playing in this podcast. Just give us a call anytime at 781-551-9960 or shoot us an email at admin at legaltalknetwork.com.
1: And welcome back. I'm Monica Bay, Editor-in-Chief of Law Technology News. And I'm here with Stephen Levy, who, a former Microsoft big shot and now a principal of lexician, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, consultancy. Did I get everything pronounced right, Steve?
2: You got everything right. All right. As usual.
1: Oh, you're so kind. And we're talking about video conferencing, and we've talked about the necessity to get a really good camera. The next question I have for you deals with bandwidth. What is the import of bandwidth? And, and, and maybe for some of our listeners who might not even know what that means, uh, and, and how is it significant?
2: Well, bandwidth is the number of bits, the, you know, the, number of, the amount of information that you can push out your pipeline. Uh, so if you have a – remember the old days of modems and uh, really slow, oh, slow connections? Yes. Uh, that's bandwidth. Now we have much greater bandwidth, but we still, the average home system as of a year ago, as of two years ago, didn't really have, the average system I'm talking about, didn't really have enough internet bandwidth. Now even home systems, it's not uncommon. You see uh, Comcast and whatever quest has become CenturyLink advertising, yeah, four megabits bandwidth, eight megabits, 15 megabits. Uh, That's, those are the kinds of numbers that you need to really be serious about this. I mean, you really you need probably two megabits coming into your computer, coming, coming and going from your computer to be able to do this effectively. Uh, not that it takes two megabits all the time, but when you talk about two megabits of, of bandwidth, it, you don't always get the two megabits. It degrades. There are other people using the line. Stuff happens. Uh, it will, that will drop down to, to a megabit, and that's fine. That, that works. But you can't do this usually from oh, hooking up at an airport, for example, or, or um, the average Starbucks. Uh, again, it may be better than nothing, but it's not likely to give you that real crisp, willing suspension of disbelief. I'm having a conversation with somebody in the next chair, except they're 400 miles away.
1: Now, the number one word that probably comes up in any law firm or law department discussion of any technology that uh, sends chills up and down IT's um, arms is security. What are the security issues that come to play when legal organizations are setting up video conferencing?
2: Oh, well, it should. Uh, video security is a really interesting issue. In the last Oh, three or four months, there have been a significant number of discoveries that these room systems that have been set up are often compromised. Uh, Now that people are much more aware of it, that's less likely to happen. But nonetheless, I mean, look, I still see people installing computer systems with no password or with the password (laughs) PASSWORD and thinking that people aren't going to figure that out. Uh, The bad guys are out there. They're not the majority but there's enough of an active small majority to put stuff at risk, as every law firm knows. So if you have a setting up a room system, uh, you know an in-house room system, if you're going to a commercial vendor, you ask them about their security. Uh, if you're setting up an in-house system, uh, a conference room system, you need to make sure that your IT staff or whoever has set it up, sometimes these don't actually get set up by IT but by facilities, has put a secure password on it. Uh, many of these systems live outside the firewall. And what happens, it's not that somebody can necessarily break in through this and get your computer information, but they can slip in and take control of the camera in a way that you may not be aware. And so now you're having a meeting in this r- room, not video conferenced, but somebody else has dialed into your system and is observing your meeting. And these cameras are good enough that they can see what you're writing. They they know who's in the room. They could actually sometimes pick up the words. That's that's an exposure. And, and that's the kind of silly exposure that is easily stopped. It's just basic security. And, you know, and if you're not comfortable with this, get some outside security firm, a Skybox or somebody like that, to come in and take a look at it uh, uh, if you don't feel comfortable with it or your IT department doesn't feel comfortable with it. The same goes when you're putting in a desktop video conferencing system. You have to make the same kinds of sane security decisions that you make with anything else on your desktop and you have to find the right balance. I mean, you can make something perfectly secure by disconnecting it from everything, by disconnecting yourself from the world. I mean, that's obviously not very useful because you don't get your work done. So somewhere in there, you have to find the right balance between being, you know, reasonable diligence, uh, being reasonably secure, doing the things that you know you need to do and, and recognizing that perfect security is an illusion. We live in an imperfect world. You, you, your object is to get good security.
1: And, see, Stephen, there's so many topics that you wrote about in your wonderful article, which uh, folks can access at www.lawtechnologynow.com. Um, among them, you talked about hybrid options, standalone versus conference systems. But before we let you go... Uh, let's talk for just a moment or two, if we could, about uh, some of the hurdles that you might face with your systems in courtrooms and in depositions.
2: Well, I think this is a terrific tool for depositions. Uh, I mean, it may not be, as I said, if you may, maybe if you're doing the once-in-a-lifetime bet the company work and you can't do it uh, in person, maybe that, that's the, the, the time for a Cisco uh, high-end system but by and large most of the depositions are to some extent exercises in cya uh, there we got to have this deposition because otherwise we're not really covering all the bases but we're not really expecting much to happen um well we can either send you know a lawyer across town or you know or, or somebody else uh, from our firm in another town and we can spend an awful lot of time and an awful lot of money and have a client who's not really thrilled at the expense of all this or we can do it much more simply. We can do the deposition uh, by video conference. We can see the person. We can see their body language. We can obviously hear and listen and record all of it. Uh, and in addition, depositions are often a good place to train associates. There's more and more pushback these days on how firms are training their associates or more to the point on how clients are being asked to pay for firms training their associates. Um, well, You send a second year to do a deposition, you probably wind up sending a much more senior person along with them. Uh, These days, send the second year to go do the deposition, but have one of your senior people join it by video conference. So the deposition is actually done live, but the senior person is there, joined by video conferencing, observing, and occasionally... sending some notes and, in effect, the, uh, the kick under the table to their uh, to their second year without having to spend all the time to get across the room or across the city or across the country.
1: Well, that's great advice. And as I said, there's so much more on this topic. And, and Stephen, thank you so much for your time. If our listeners want to reach out to you, what's the best way to reach you?
2: Um, they can email me at uh, lexician.com, Stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N, dot Levy, L-E-V-Y, at lexician, L-E-X-I-C-I-A-N.com, or just info at lexician.com, and I will get that.
1: Well, thank you so much for your time. A little bit of housekeeping before we close up. Uh, just to remind you, there are three different ways you and your friends can access Law Technology Now. You can find it at ALM's site at lawtechnologynow.com. From our wonderful partners in Boston, the Legal Talk Network at Surprise, surprise, LegalTalkNetwork.com. And as I always say, because we are so cool, we are in the iTunes podcast library. We also want to do a warm thank you to our sponsors, PC Law by LexisNexis and Harvest. Special thanks, as always, to Boston, to Lou Ann Reeb, Mike Huckman, and Kate Kenney at the Legal Talk Network and here in New York at ALM. To the fabulous producer David Jasper, and to our colleagues David Snow, Jill Winward, and Eric Press. Remember, there's no crying in baseball or technology, and we will see you in June.
0: The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Law Technology Now is produced by the broadcast professionals at the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening. Join Monica Bay for next month's podcast on the technology issues affecting the legal profession today.